This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, hard deflection, and a goal! Comes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! Still an absolute delight. I've got no plans for this episode, no intro, but I've got Connor. Hello, Connor. Hi, Rich. I feel like I'm riding on the crest of a wave on top of a cloud. Uh, it's been oh. a great 24 hours since kickoff on Tuesday night. Uh, and yeah, I'm just here to enjoy the ride, basically. All of that is factual information. Also here for the ride is Terry. Hello, Terry. Evening, Rich. The best parties are the unplanned ones, right? So, oh, absolutely. That no lineups, no no notes, no listeners' contributions. We're pretty clear who who you gave man a match to, even though there are various. So we're just going to talk about a ruddy good experience. And from my side of things, I was having an awful Tuesday. And I messaged you guys in the day going, I am not vibing this. And it wasn't anything to do with football. It was nothing to do with Swindon. It was nothing to do with thinking that Walsall would beat us. It just was having an absolute stinker. And I was keeping an eye on the trains and, you know, a whiff of delays. And I probably wouldn't have left the house. There were no delays. Got to the station. There were delays. The the train driver hadn't turned up yet because he his train was delayed that he was arriving on. 
Um, and I was just thinking, this is it, isn't it? We're going to get absolutely battered. Got to the ground enough time, as Jimmy Legs would have observed, enough time to get a pie, don't worry. But I was in my seat about five minutes before kickoff, which for me is late. And I was all flustered. I was like, right, here we go. And then what happened after was an absolute joy. But I wasn't expecting it. Connor, you had a long commute. <laughs> these 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 Tuesday these Tuesdays can sometimes be and and I've said it on previous, especially on the presser, like Tuesday nights don't normally generate much of an atmosphere. It's kind of like you're dragging yourself to the game obligation, maybe. But for whatever reason, Swindon turned up in the stands. You know, over nine thousand. <laughs> I don't. I don't I don't know. It was a Champions League night. I don't understand. It was a complete sort of reversal of what we usually get. Brilliant. Yeah, it was good. I mean, one of the first things I want to talk about from that kind of um, little monologue there, Rich, is who drives the train driver's train? Like That's one of the big existential questions that we're faced with at the moment, I think. Uh, Now that I've got that coming out of the way, I can uh, talk about (laughs) Tuesday night. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think if we were slightly better at home on Tuesday nights over the last few seasons, it would probably be be something I do with a little bit more excitement usually. Um, but like, there's a very very uh, like thin window between finishing work and when yes. I have to get there in order to be that to be in Swindon on time. And like, basically, there can't really be any traffic. Everything has to go right. Um, until very recently, I've had to get lifts, but that that kind of situation has sorted itself out now as well, which is good. Um, so I like I enjoyed the evening. It was like perfect weather to kind of be coming up. I was just enjoying the the sun going down, the darkness kind of coming in, um, driving up, seeing the floodlights uh, sort of all, all lit up, and uh, it's weird. Even though we aren't usually very good on Tuesday nights, and quite often I don't enjoy the Tuesday night games and all of that. Like I, I do still find like walking up to a game with the floodlights on that little. It's a little bit magical, isn't it? So absolutely, it, it's one of those things. Like like many things that you quite often are not sure whether to do. It's worth it once you do it, and then uh, like you, the reason you do that kind of thing is because you know once in a blue moon. A game like that happens, and like yeah, I I, I usually wouldn't be that infused by a Tuesday night league game um, because a lot of what I enjoy about going to watch Swindon, as much as uh, watching us play and all of the stuff around that in terms of like football and being a big football fan, is I like the day, I like the social occasion, I like to sort of have a few beers or um you, you know have a chat about life, football, whatever. Um, don't really get that on a Tuesday because it is literally like in and out and back, and then I, I'm tired at work the next day. Uh, but yeah, definitely very glad that I made the sort of reasonably late call to go on Tuesday uh, because yeah, if I'd have missed that, I would have been kicking myself. Oh, I didn't get home till close to midnight, and then child number two had me up at five a.m. So you know, um, it was worth it. Terry, listen to us, whinge and whinge and whinge, and kind of scrambling it back for what was a lovely night, which you watched for the comfort of your own home. The comfort of my my own sofa, yeah. The, the great thing about living so far away is that Tuesday night home games are simply not an option. <laughs> so I don't have this sort of push and pull on a Tuesday afternoon of can I really be asked to do that? Um, uh, it's just not not an option. So yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a I follow for me, and it was the most fun. It was just oh. it was just so much fun. So so good, and 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 Terry, sticking with you, let's let's just get straight into the game because I think 
upon reflection, one of the things that I think about and what I take from this game and what makes it so satisfying is that it wasn't a walkover immediately. There was about 30 minutes where, although it wasn't intense, but Walsall looked good. I mean, this was a team that in their last two games had beaten second in the league and first in the league. So they would have been huge on confidence and they looked pretty good early on, didn't they? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we were chatting sort of 20, 25 minutes in. Um, um, my general read of the game during that opening exchanges was, hey, this is a really good game. Like, this is a this is a really fun game to watch. Um, both teams going at it. We looked right up for it, but but so did so did Walsall. Really high press. Looked like they looked like they'd done a bit of homework on us in terms of um, in terms of trying to stop us doing the short goal kicks and stuff. Also, really physically imposing as well. And it did look, it did look in that opening twenty that there was there was a slight risk that while we while we were better in possession, they were physically significantly um, ahead of us, and they and they could just sort of blow us away just in, just in the physical aspects of the game, really. And yeah, it was just a really good fun game. I mean, if I think if you, it, it was a great advert for the for the for the bottom tier of professional football in this country, and 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 I think if you parachuted someone in without the context of the league table. You would say both teams were sort of pretty much there or thereabouts, not just us. And I guess, I guess, in terms of Michael Flynn going in, going in there and looking at the last the last couple of weeks, that's probably not a um, not too far from how they would have been feeling coming into it as well. So, yeah, really, 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 really bright start from both teams, and they were bang up for it. And, and um, I, I did not see the game playing out as as it did as it did. I mean, just before our first goal, I, I vividly remember thinking. Given the fact we've got had back to back wins, I'll, I'll I'll take a point. Like this is this is one of those games where a point is okay. Yeah, Connor, I must admit I got a message from someone who referenced the size of the Walsall squad. I think they must have seen them walking in or whatever. And I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. And then when I got there, they all came out. You know, it, they they were very much the. Uh, the five times champions in the Disney film that the underdogs <laughs> have to try and beat because you know we've got a very athletic team, but in comparison to some of those guys in the Walsall, they were weedy. Um, but they, you know, they made them look like chumps in the end, as per the Disney film. But it, it was it was significantly noticeable, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think as well, we're not the biggest of teams. I know we've got like big players like Jake O'Brien, for example, who does kind of soothe my soul a little bit when we play a big team um, and and have someone who's going to occupy our centre-backs a little bit like their attackers did. Uh, But like it was a really young team that we put out. I mean, I I know it's unchanged pretty much from, from, well, it was unchanged from Carlisle, pretty much unchanged from Scunthorpe the week before. So uh, it wasn't like a surprise that we were playing a young team, but like if you like zoom out a little bit and like look at the players that are in that team, like there is some inexperience. And if you were going to say at the end of January, like in a few weeks, a starting midfield is going to contain Ellis Angelo and Ricky Aguilar, who's like a guy we picked out in non-league uh, and our left back, uh, and they're going to sort of absolutely run roughshod um, against like quite a good team um, for for like large parts of the game. Then I would really have questioned like what on earth you were talking about uh, so um yeah no definitely there, there was a size of size out match but I think there was that th- like some of those players that maybe aren't so big do still know how to put themselves about a bit so um Iandolo definitely does Cooper like I think is like low-key quite good in the air despite like looking quite small in person 
or at least it when, when you watch him in the ground. Um, and yeah, I, I think it was, you know, like you say, it's a very athletic team. So I think they, they do cover a lot of ground that um, a lot of bigger sides maybe don't. And uh, that seemed to be like the real mismatches. We were so quick, like everything was at lightning pace. It was kind of similar, I think, to what we wanted to do to Crawley. But rather than for 45 minutes, for 90 minutes, and rather than dropping a goal behind, we managed to get the first goal and uh, rocketed on from there. So, um, you know, there, there have been signs that we can do this, but I think in terms of like actually doing that and applying that for more than, you know, a spell of a game, just like actually doing that from the off, um, that was really good. And, I, and I, I'd be interested to see like from a Walsall side, like what the story of their bad run that led to Matty Taylor. Um, losing his job was because it did look like they were a really good team. Um, they've, you know, come off the back of some brilliant results in terms of beating Tranmere and Forest Green. And then just as soon as that first goal went in, the head seemed to drop. And I think had it still been 1-0 at half time, they might have been okay. But like the fact we scored pretty much last kick of the first half, like it, it the game didn't feel done at that point. Uh, but like pretty much two, three minutes after the, after the second half and you saw how they'd come out, it did feel done almost, uh, which is a weird thing to say. Also, you know, they, they look good. Not huge amount of efforts. One good save by, is it Jojo Woolcott? Woolcott? Woolocked, isn't it? Woolocked. Is it Woolocked? Woolocked. I don't know. Woolocked. 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 We'll, look, we'll go with Jojo. Yeah. We'll go with Jojo. Jojo. Jojo made one one save um, of note, which was good because it's it, he's pretty much where he was pre-AFCON now. Before before we talk about the goals, and I fully intend to talk about each and every goal in meticulous detail, I just, while it's in my, in my memory, a Walsall fan criticised or took a dig at Swindon um, for having loan players this argument has popped up over the years, and I think it's akin to arguing who's the bigger side over who won a trophy in 1972. It, it's the most ridiculous thing. Walsall had three loanees playing. Swindon had five. Terry, what's what's the big deal? There is no big deal. Any football fan who, who moans about clubs using loans needs to get out of the 70s. <laughs> No, I would go. I would go one step further. I think any club that doesn't use all their loans is disgusting, and we should start making fun of people. Like you actually own that player? What the what the hell? This is ridiculous. <laughs> why would you? Why would you not take advantage of? Why would you not make the most of a competitive advantage? Like get your five loans and do it the best you can. Success in lower league football now is all about building a one season squad. A success in League Two level is all about one season squads. There is no longevity at this level. So bearing in mind most clubs despise giving out anything longer than a one-year deal, how is a loan any worse than signing a one-year contract? It's exactly the same. You're building a team for that season and that season only. And that's what we did. If I'm a Walsall fan, I'm sitting there going, why don't we have Louis Barry? What's going on? You know, we're, you know, geographically, we're very close to Aston Villa. Why haven't we got any of their players? Well, oh, well to them. I've got... No plan, guys. Shall we just go through these goals? Before we go through the goals, Rich, I think um, I think you know we've, we've we've spoken about how Walsall started the game really well. Re- I must I must excuse my squeaky chair. Um, we've spoken about how Walsall started pretty well and it was pretty even. I don't think the turning point was the first goal. I th- I think about half an hour in, we put McCurdy through wide and he spooned it over and made a terrible decision. 
we put Davison in behind wide and he also spooned it and made a terrible decision. And then McCurdy got in behind and got poleaxed by the goalkeeper, although it was a perfectly good challenge. And it was that sort of little flurry that I actually think just got the crowd engaged and that and, and everybody just went up 1%, 2%. And I think, Rich, you made a comment that this, you know, we, we've spoken about how it's such a young, um, such a young side. And I really think that this team, more than any team that I've seen in a long time, really respond to like small things like the whole ground reacting to a challenge or just 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 a little change in the dynamic that comes from the crowd. I don't know what you guys think about that, but in terms of like turning points, what did make us step up? There was that little flurry and then all of a sudden the crowd were really felt like, you know, from at home at least, felt really engaged all of a sudden and we just we just sort of went on from there. I, I would agree with what you're saying there in terms of definitely there were a few good bits of play that were like exciting, but like not like bad misses or like really terrible things that people would be annoyed about that just kind of got everyone a little bit more excited. And there was like excitement kind of building. Definitely, I can only speak for myself, but definitely for me, but it felt like, you know, people around were like, you know, th- this is a good performance so far. I think the reason why I would pinpoint the first goal as the turning point in terms of like the actual course of the game, rather than as a fan watching it, um, is because we kind of have had points this season where we have started really well and played really well and uh, at different points uh, and then not got the goal and then there's been the sucker punch and it's just not kind of worked. So I think actually being on the score sheet in terms of making Walsall's head drop was probably the key thing. But in terms of making us kind of lift up and um, like you say, put in that extra one to two percent, which can be so crucial um, in those decisive moments. I mean, especially if you look at something like the first goal where like so much of that is like exactly fine tuned, where if you play that in any other way, it can't happen. Um, probably you're right in terms that it probably does kind of have its seeds a little bit earlier in the game when um, we do something good, the crowd respond to that and it kind of ripples on from there. So yeah, it's both, isn't it really? It's going to annoy people because we use these terms way too much, but this side are vibe chasers. That, That was all happening in a flurry and the fans were getting sort of louder and louder and in the opening stages, the atmosphere was quite flat and Walsall were singing, is this a library? And then it all started cooking once the fans do. And we know McCurdy feeds off the fans. And look at people like Tomlinson. They absolutely love it. So I do think, like, <laughs> as lame as it is, like generating an atmosphere may be a major difference on how well we do at the county ground. And we know because our form hasn't been good um, throughout the whole season at home that maybe a toxic atmosphere doesn't help the players. But with this particular side, because it is almost like a, a second squad, the feel maybe because of the tactic change, because of the five out, five in sort of low knee situation we found ourselves in, this this particular eleven, they really do feed off the crowd, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They definitely seem to. Um, my... Um... My first goal is is my is the absolute favourite goal for me. I, I just love that. that to go from your own six yard box to a goal in what six six passes like and and Davison he was unplayable that first half wasn't he? So for him to get that assist, well obviously he got two assists, but that assist was just absolute class and 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 the finish was great as well, wasn't it? I mean what what an absolute goal! Absolutely loved it. 
Yeah, uh, it's it's magnificent. And Davison is one of the it's one of those performances where for the majority of the season, if he played like that in any other game, he would have got man of the match. But I think he probably finished about fourth um, in in many people's lists. But it was just so fluid, and it came together so nicely. I've got to say, Parsons celebrating and then deciding to warm up mid celebration was was something I've thoroughly enjoyed. I'm I'm watching the highlights throughout this conversation on loop. Um, and I am not tiring of it, Connor. Connor, where, I mean, from when that, it was a really nice angle where you would have been sat and where I'm sat, and I just didn't see him putting it in the roof of the net in the way that he did, and then I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm the first to admit, you know, I've been saying for weeks, I'll make my judgment on Louis Barry once, you know, I start seeing him play. I'm not going to assume he's a world beater because of what people say on Football Manager or, you know, what you know scouts are saying you know we've had our fair share of promising talent that haven't been as promising as we would have hoped this week he showed it hasn't he uh yeah i mean he's definitely shown us hopefully a little taste of things to come in terms of Ooh, yes uh i think a good performance against scumthorpe a good performance against carlisle with a, a good tidy goal um, and then uh you know that was like levels above anything that we've seen i mean like one of the best performances uh, I think that we've seen from like a, a, I mean, definitely a player in his kind of position, but probably just overall in a while. I mean, like there really isn't really anything you can critique him with other than like maybe being a little bit quiet early in the game when we weren't giving him the ball to do stuff as much. Um, but yeah, he's just a, a constant threat. Really, really good. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him because it'll be interesting to see like if he can be like consistently at the level that he's been at the last couple of weeks. Uh, for the rest of the season. Firstly, great for us. Secondly, speaks volumes for his future career, I guess, because, I mean, if this loan goes really well, then uh, who knows where the sky, where, where the limit is for him. It's probably the sky. Who knows? But, um, yeah, um, I, I, like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't know why. I just, like, as soon as Davison played that ball through, I just thought goal. Uh, I, it just felt like one of the kind of phases of the play where we do get a dangerous attack and we do score. And I mean, it's a really, really good finish. Uh, and like actually watching it on the the video, he's taken it from wider um, than I thought. And Davison's actually played the ball through actually slightly further back in the pitch than I thought. Um, so he still has a lot to do when he receives the ball, um, but it's just exceptional work. And I think like you really have to just like bring it back right to the start I mean like Cooper you have to admit like it's great play but he's like teetering on calamity there because if that goes wrong that's a shot for Walsall on the edge of the six yard box basically he's played that absolutely perfectly um in terms of how that that's sort of been interchanged between Davison and Reed. um like again you can't really like that I don't think they could have done anything else keeping the ball and keeping the ball going forward um other than what they did, absolutely brilliant. I mean, Davison has sent, I mean, the, the phrase is usually sending for a hot dog. He's sent <laughs> uh, Manny Mont so far that I think Manny Mont's gone for like a whole banquet because he's just like <laughs> completely taken out of the game. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's probably one of my favourite goals I've seen a score in a long, long time. Um, and yeah, everyone who had a bit in it did absolutely brilliantly, but still it's, it's it's a great, it's a great build up, and it's a great finish. What more can you ask for? He sent Manny Mont for some loaded fries. That's what I reckon he sent him. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two more, two more points on 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 the first goal, Rich. Um, firstly, 
right. I understand that a lot of our a lot of our match going fans don't love us pissing around with the ball at the back because we have a little bit of a tendency to give it away and make mistakes. But that was that that goal was the perfect microcosm of why teams play risk reward football, high risk football. When when um when Cooper is, is is a he makes that sort of weird block where he traps the ball and blocks at the same time, which I loved. But as he sort of moseying out of the penalty area under pressure from three attackers and you can feel the whole crowd sort of just telling him to to hoof it the fact that he then has the presence of mind to find a pass and six six passes later we've scored just goes to show there is merit to risk reward football you can't just lump it all the time even though it's the safest thing to do so I think that that hopefully that hopefully will sort of give Cooper even more confidence to carry on doing that and look I was up at Tranmere um, three weeks ago to the day when he tried something similar in the second minute and we were 1-0 down. So I do understand it carries risks, but let's just face it, this is what this this is what this team is going to do. Um, and when it works, it's, it's brilliant to watch. And just to t- on a tactical point, I'd love to understand from the Walsall side what on earth they were thinking. Um, perhaps they, they didn't watch us in this current shape, but that first goal was the perfect example of a situation that happened time and time again. Where they they their back three was left completely exposed one v one against our front three, so as soon as the ball goes into um, into into the big lad Davison and he sends Manny Monfrey's loaded chips, it's three on two and they've got no chance. And McCurdy and Barry, I was really frustrated with them um, in the home game against Exeter. Uh, was it Exeter? I can't remember the last home game I came to, where they were both so wide and disconnected. And but today. You know, two weeks on with a, with a bit of coaching in this new shape. It was the Scunthorpe first half I'm referring to, but anyway, today with with two two more weeks of training and playing together as a unit, that front three just worked, and and the two wide lads staying so wide, right up against the wide centre halves for uh, Walsall, just create this huge space in the middle. As soon as Davidson does Mont does a uh, Manny Mont, it's three on two. One of the centre halves has got to come to the ball, whichever one does. You've then got a ball down the side for one of the wide forwards, and it was just a really, really nice sort of snapshot of of a tactical flaw that Walsall had all day, and 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 something that we took massive advantage of time and time again. I'm having such a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. We're, it's great. We're we're we're, we're at one nil, and you know, especially Connor, we have covered so much trash in the last year and a half to have this performance to have what we're just about to talk about for a little bit longer is just a thrill to me right now I, I, haven't, really, even got really my, uh, I haven't even got to my hyperbolic louis barry uh, claim yet so just you know there's there's so much to come please make sure that you remind us to cover it so davidson davidson a few weeks ago looked desperate for a goal and he's he scored a few since then with a little bit of luck or skill. So when in in live in real time you see him with acres of space flicking it on for Ricky Agua, at the time I was like, "You're mad!" And then it just wow, it just another another lovely lovely goal. I do think he didn't realize quite how much space he was in. Like he was <laughs> literally like like on. Uh, and you know he probably would have had to turn slightly and then get a shot away in terms of being able to see the target, but that's eminently possible with a, like with, with like the finishing that we've seen from him so far. I mean, let's take 
the Puskas Award nominee first goal out of it. <laughs> like the goal at the goal at Carlisle on on Saturday, like a similar kind of finish definitely was on there if he managed to kind of get the ball out of his feet um, and turn to face the target. But I think almost the presence of mind to kind of think like if I just play that late, if I just lay that back, it's a completely free shot for someone who's got the momentum of uh, a run on the ball. Like is 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 really really brilliant basically, and I, I'm gonna say that he just kind of saw that all developing in his mind and thought, you know, actually a Ricky Aguilar goal for the for the narrative would be brilliant. Um, <laughs> I've already got a few, <laughs> um, and just and just got, let him kind of get in on the fun. Um, I mean, you know, I enjoyed that goal a lot. I mean, like we we've kind of spoken on the podcast about how much we liked the sort of bits that we saw of him um, from the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, another great performance from him yesterday. And I just think like for a player like that, where he's played quite a lot of football, um, but not at, obviously not at the level um, to kind of come up to the level and just kind of get those early goals to settle him down. I think that's the best possible thing. So um, yeah, absolutely delighted with, with that. And literally right on the stroke of our time, it could not have been a better time to score. Like I think there was one more kick in the, in the half before, uh, the it, was, it was starting. It was starting the the game again, wasn't it? It was it was called straight. I mean, Flynn pretty much says that's that was the killer moment, wasn't it? Like the the goal before half time. Um, nice little bit, really. Carl Rushworth in the Walsall goal was actually a teammate of Aguas at Worthing a couple of seasons ago, um, on a season loan from from Brighton. So it's a nice little touch. Terry Carl Rushworth, footballer or matchday official? Oh, I think he's definitely fourth official, isn't he? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. As soon as I see Carl and Rushworth together, I'm thinking he's not a footballer, but he is. Yeah. I mean, what what, what I love about that goal is if I'm Aguilar, because I'm not a professional footballer, I'm kind of like, oh, bloody hell, because he only just gets to it before before the several Walsall players surround him. So it was it was therefore inch perfect. So, so two things on this. I am probably overthinking this. But does Davison tap it up or set set it up purely because he knows it's Aguiar coming onto it? Aguiar is so good at this. This is this is Aguiar's superpower, right? Like um, Garner has come out and said this in the press. Like Aguiar has has improved massively in every element of his game, apart from this element because this element has always been so good. He scored a ridiculous number of goals for Worthing from outside the box, and this was the one sort of. Um, one superpower that we saw in him that, that made us take the gamble on him. And we've been working hard to get everything else up to football league standard. So my narrative is that Davison knew exactly how much time he had, but you also understood how good Ricky Aguilar is at shooting. So just get, just let him do it. Um, I want to believe Yeah, that's, that's, I want to believe that. Exactly. And also on, on Davison, I think the biggest difference for me is how fit does he look? Like he, he was an absolute, compared to, compared to, um, the, the guy we saw on debut, maybe not on debut, but certainly um, uh, in the Exeter game, where he looked like he had hamstrings made of cheese strings, you know, he, <laughs> he 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 just looks an absolute beast compared to where he was three or four weeks ago. So, so a uh, huge shout out to my mate Ricky and and, and the rest of the strength and conditioning team who um, for for getting him up to speed because he he looks he looks genuinely an absolute physical specimen now, which he did not look when he first arrived. Yeah. On one final point before we move on to goal three, 
Ricky Agua, I'm not having the narrative that Chippenham have done something magical to him. No. At all. I'm not having that. He's been training at Swindon every day. Chippenham is his finishing is is his finishing school. It's his practice. I'm not I'm not having that they've had done some sort of mystical like Twine at um Newport, because Twine would have been training at Newport daily, professional and all that. So I'm not having Absolutely it. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Gets the ball forward. I unloaded Tomlinson. Barry. Oh, lovely play from Barry. Tomlinson's got him behind the defence here. Breaking into the penalty area. Finds the cutback. Oh, that's 3 0. What a good goal from Swindon. Excellent counter attack from Town. Oh, man. I mean, are we allowed to talk about the third goal for at least an hour? We, we can, as long as, as long as we can finally answer one question. Is Joe Tomlinson actually a Swindon fan, or does he just come from near here and love goals? I, I need to see. I mean, Connor, did you see him with Eastleigh? Uh, I think I saw him. Well, so he. I think the only season he would have been there uh, would have been during the pandemic. But I did watch a couple right. of their games on like their live streaming thing. Uh, I think, and I think there was like an FA Cup game that was on the BBC. Um, so I saw probably two or three games of him when he was there. Is he insanely up for every single goal and to celebrate wildly like he's got a five-year <laughs> deal with them? Because each and every goal I think we've scored since he's joined, including his own, oh man, it, it bleeds red. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly can't remember because obviously now I'm thinking that jo- Joe Tomlinson, Swindon's left back, um, you know, at the time at Eastleigh, I'm mostly thinking... Like, well, I'm mostly not really paying attention, to be honest, with, when I'm at Issa, mostly just having a chat. So, um, yeah, I, I can't really remember if that's what he's like with other goals. Maybe we should try and find some some clips uh, and find out. But, um, yeah, he, he's definitely really up for it for us. And that's all that matters. In terms of the loanee, something that's crept in in the last week or so is all the talk of signing loanees, which really annoys me because let's just enjoy them at the moment. Let's let's think about signing players. Out of all of them, I think Tomlinson, because of Peterborough's policy of transfer listing players when they've got a year left, I don't know how long he's got left. Yeah, he might have two years left for all I know. But if anyone and if any of the loanees stick around, it might be him. But What's the point in asking the question right now? Let's just let's just watch them enjoy themselves playing for Swindon and think about that at a later date. It's it's just something that really sort. Of, I know it's that post transfer window talking point, isn't it? It's like what's the point? Last last window we were talking about which one would stay, and they all went. So <laughs> let's not put ourselves through it. <laughs> this is unfortunately another symptom of um, football fans being more interested in businesses trading assets than there it is matches. Um, so we we must we must always talk about transfers even when it's not on. We've already said today that that especially at this level you build one season one season teams. I've got no idea what our team will look like next year. Quite frankly, right now I don't care what it will look like next year. All I want to do is enjoy the next sixteen games and go up, and 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 we'll worry about the summer in the summer. So long as so long as the process is right and the, and the people behind the scenes stay the same, the recruitment will continue to be pretty good. Let's talk about Iandolo playing the ball for Tomlinson and then Tomlinson to Barry, Barry to Tomlinson and the rest. I mean, it's gonna, it's it's got to be one of our best goals. It may not be the favourite of the night, but it's got to be one of the best moves we've had for quite some time. It was what Barry does to set Tomlinson away. It's <laughs> just incredible. It is absolutely glorious. And I think like the thing that, 
is the best thing about that goal is not just the fact that they did that in that one moment, but it's the fact that like that looked likely all night because you've got Tomlinson and Iandolo who kind of just seem to kind of just work in tandem, always know where the other one is. One of them's able to play left back, one of them's able to play centre midfield, uh, sort of regardless of, of, of who's where. So that it gives us that extra bit of flexibility. Then you've got a triangle then with, with Barry in an attacking sense and they're just kind of constantly moving and going. And I would hate to be a right-sided League Two <laughs> midfielder or defender because like, they would just be a constant nuisance. Like so much energy, so much creativity. Like they're all good passes of the ball or good on the ball or can run with the ball. Um, we can see that they can all shoot as well. So like honestly, full box of tricks on that left-hand side. It's, it's going to be a real <laughs> um, good area, I think, for us over the coming weeks. Um, yeah, like... I mean, it's it's all like I, I was going to say it's inch perfect. I think it's it's one of those areas where it didn't need to be, but the fact it was makes it so much better to watch. Uh, and just the fact that you've got Tomlinson then galloping into absolute acres of space, I think um, Meniazzi, who obviously we know from his time hit, like just looked like a complete fish out of water on that one. Oh my god! Um, Two years left on his contract. <laughs> Two years. Um, Good lord! And that, and that and that, my friends, is why you build one one year squads in this league. <laughs> well, it's why you don't sign Roland Meniazzi, really. But uh, that's you by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's absolutely brilliant play, and then like. They've cut it back into an area where, again, I'm. I think Terry, we have to accept that they knew Aguiar was going to be there, and like what a finish! Like on what the run, fin- not taking a touch, anything, just straight into the top corner. Like, I mean, that's probably like actually, you know, maybe bar Barry's flick and uh, and Tomlinson's run. I, I don't know which bit of this goal I like the most. I think you guys are going to have to sort of suggest what the best moment of it is, but it is just such good football to watch and I think had it not been for the first one this would be my favourite goal uh, that we've scored in a while yeah it's the touch for me it, it's it's the Barry flick right because that, yeah. that just unlocks the whole thing if I'm Hayden White the Walsall defender that's in that after the game I'm like frankly you can't expect that from League 2 football you know, <laughs> you know nine times out of ten they're going to do something stupid. It's going to go for a throw or it's going to be an overcooked pass or whatever. Um, sometimes I get that, that, that touch was so good. You've just got, if you're the opposition, you've just got to put your hands up and go, well, what can we do? And he's just, he's just taken three out of the game. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that triple threat, as Connor alluded to there, down the left-hand side, so much potential. They've only been together three games and, and last night they were just cutting him to ribbons down that right. Everything came down the right, but that, that space, Wide of many AZ and behind white. I mean, everything came down there, didn't it? And 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 I, I don't think that's it. I mean, look, many AZ had a mare, but he probably had a mare because he was up against, quite frankly, a ludicrous attacking threat for this level. Like it's 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 insane how how good those three were in combination. Actually, what Iandolo had probably one of his quietest games for a while, but the other two were, were on from an attacking sense, particularly, were absolutely outstanding. Yeah, and if we talked about um, Manny Mont being sent for um, some loaded fries in the first half, I mean, why? What, what did he eat uh, from the match day catering <laughs> uh, after that? After that from Barry, I mean, that that must have been some like a, a huge serving of humble pie. I, I forgot to mention it because we're talking about the goals, but 
and I did put this on social media, I got a tremendous amount of satisfaction at the fact that Flynn brought in Joss Ladderby, just so happened to be one of his sort of major players at Newport who went to Walsall, brought him on at 2-0, probably with the, you know, with the order, just sort this out, just sort this out. And he's got a bit of a reputation with Swindon fans for being, you know, quite, quite brutal in the tackle. And he made no impact whatsoever. And I found that just unbelievably satisfying. So I don't think, I don't really want to spend much time talking about Joss Labadee, but the guy is he's just a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean there was a point where he got absolutely crunched by one of our players. I can't think who it was. And I was just absolutely delighted because I was like, you know, I mean it's now nothing to do with, you know, anything. Uh but because like <laughs> Labadee then spent the next five minutes trying to kick Andlo all over the place and then we took Andlo off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was just, it was just, you know, he came on with the confidence, took the captain's armband, and made zero impact. I, I and, hate that, by the way. When I absolutely cannot stand that, like pet hate of bottom football. You didn't start the game, mate. You're not captain. Like you don't come off the bench and take the armband. I just, and I know, look, it's not just Labadee or just Walsall who do it. Everyone does it, and I don't get it. It makes as much sense as lying down on the floor behind a wall. When Daniels went off at fifty-one minutes, do you reckon many, many, I say a month looked at each other and went, "The lucky son of a gun." Like, or, or are they thinking right now that now only two of us? There's only two of us. <laughs> there was three of us a minute ago. I mean, judging by many Yezis defending for the last two goals, I think he thought it was my time to stop playing. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, absolutely horrendous. Barry's Barry. I mean, am I sympathetic to the 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 pass to to him? But he just doesn't go to it, does he? Yeah, and the then pass Barry isn't bad. Be... The pass isn't the problem. Like he just Imagine doesn't react. Good. It's like he's like in not responding mode. That a... that goal was pure last game of the season in May. Nobody cares. Sort of on the beach, sort of football. Their heads were absolutely gone, and I loved every second of it. My actual, we've actually, um, we've actually skipped my favourite moment of the game. Good lord, which is directly. And if you watch that, you've been saying you're watching the highlights on um, Loop Bridge, so you'd have seen this directly from kickoff after the third. Or maybe I'm getting confused. Maybe it was after the fourth, but I'm sure it's the third. We 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 go through again, um, and how yeah. we don't score, I've no idea. And I just I just love it because in that moment we were just so utterly rampant. Like it could have been anything in that moment. Like we could have gone on and just you just feel like we could have scored every thirty seconds. It was yeah. it was insane, and I just loved that feeling of of just the sheer confidence in and the wave after wave of attack. That that was that was my actually my favorite my favorite moment in the game. So it was just so like incessant it was, it was unbelievable you know when you score four goals with plenty of time to go you sort of dream of six or seven uh, I'll be honest when the fourth went in I thought this is going to be seven today it but um Walsall went deeper and deeper and then you know the substitutions we made took it took a little bit of energy off of us a little bit of the sparkle but it, it's a good it's still a good finish by Barry I, I still maintain it. How many of those have you seen just be passed to the legs of the goalkeeper? Oh, yeah, big time. He puts it around him like really, really well. And if, if that, I mean, if this is a sign for the rest of the season, good grief! If this is, is this is, if this is as good as it gets, I'm elated that I saw this game and this game happened because yeah. 
teams go through the whole season without this sort of performance in game. So we've got it. But if this is just the beginning and well, the third game of just the beginning, then oh, I, I hope it's that. I really do. So, so time for some Louis Barry hyperbole. Yes. Um, he is, and, and I'm going to be really, really specific with my wording. He is the most technically gifted and highest potential ceiling, highest ceiling potential player we have ever had at this level. Like the, 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 there is, like, if you just look at his ability, yes, he's got lots to learn. Yes, he needs to develop physically. Yes, his decision making needs to needs to improve. But he's 18. His ability, he can be anything he wants. Absolutely anything he wants. He's got all the ability to go on and do anything in this game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to disagree. I mean, I was thinking in terms of my hot take about the Louis Barry kind of transfer, mixing it in with the the Tomlinson transfer, and it's probably like the wrong time to be dropping this hot take because he scored last night. But I think actually, like swapping our Villa Loney between Keza Hayden and Barry, and then bringing in another left back to kind of replace Alex Gilbert in the squad, so we kind of have the same positions but different players, is possibly one of the most exciting things in retrospect to happen because I think we have now a fullback that is currently at a better level. Um, if not, you know, going, it not, maybe won't have as high a ceiling. Um, but now we have like a player that like is a, is a name that we've known for years. Like we, like everyone heard about him going to Barcelona years ago when he was like really young. Um, and he's been spoken about, like as genuine, like a really big possible player, and he's he's so young that he could definitely still go on and do that. So you actually you look at him and you think, is he in a few years' time, in retrospect, going to be part of that lineage of of name that that we've kind of had on loan for for a few games um, here and there? Um, and and you look at like I don't know, I don't want to I don't want to like say those names to kind of put any burden on him, but. Um, like a lot of those players were here for like four, five, six games. Like we've got him for half a season. Hopefully, we can see some like really, really good stuff, and uh, and it's going to be a good loan spell for everyone. Because I genuinely, like now that I've seen what he can do when he's in the flow, I can't believe I ever considered not seeing it. Left hand side, Aaron. Also trying to go back to Menayesi, and the ball's nicked off him, and Swindon a clean through here with Barry, and that is four. Barry just finishes that off. Let's talk about that fifth goal then, because it was your quintessential <laughs> nothing is going Walsall's way. It just seemed, Terry, that they really wanted one of them to get a hat trick. It didn't quite work out, but Johnny Williams just waltzes on and uh, finishes the job. Yeah, it was a lovely move again, wasn't it? And it's just, just a bit of a shame that, that well, it's not a shame, that's the wrong word. Um, it's just a, just just one of those things that after um, you know Barry does so well and, and almost gets his shot away, manages to set Aguiar, and that shot's going in. I've no idea what the defender's doing there. He's completely out of position. He's about about five yards behind everyone else in the defensive line. Hits him square in the chest and, and just pops up to Johnny Williams, who who God love him, just is almost almost irrelevant at the moment, isn't he? After last night, I'm just sort of like. How are we? I did not predict us getting to a position where Johnny Williams is just sort of like a, a 
just a cameo now. It's just just sort of rolls on when we're four 0 up, scores a tap in, trots around in his gloves and his upside down haircut and, and trots <laughs> up again. Like, <laughs> we've even started playing him as a wide forward. It's very peculiar. His role has become increasingly bizarre in in my head. Um, but yeah, fair play. He 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 got his goal. He enjoyed his goal, and and the vibe train rolls on. Oh, and it does. And Connor, there was even tapping of the badge from Johnny Williams. Yeah, I, I was going to say that we even got that lovely image of him pulling uh, pulling the big the big Swindon badge towards the fact. I mean, yeah, it's a great image. Um, you know, without the context, it looks like he's just sort of scored a huge goal in the context of our season. I think in the build up for this, I mean, firstly. Again, I, I don't want to keep laughing at a former Loney. Um, but, like, what is he doing? Again, I think you have to praise Aguiar's unselfishness to kind of try and play in Barry when, I mean, a shot was on and he was on a hat-trick. But he, he chose the unselfish option, tried to tee up his teammate for a hat-trick. And, and like Terry described, it was <laughs> a little bit of a weird one where, you know, there just seemed to be something stopping us from getting that, that uh, sort of decisive final touch until all of a sudden... It's in the back of the net. And I think you're right. Like the, the positioning of that defender is so weird that I just like could not conceive in the moment that that was not miles offside. But then you look at it and he's like, it's not even a question. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, good vibes all around. I was really hoping we'd get another one because the biggest win I've seen us have at the county ground ever was 5-0. And I wanted to say like this surpassed that. I mean, it probably wouldn't have done because I really enjoyed uh, Port Bell and Tranmere um, in, in those games. Probably more than this, but like you know, it, it, I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna complain at a five 0 on a Tuesday night um, in 2022. Um, but yeah, I just wanted wanted that 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 biscuit of a, a six or a seventh, but uh, didn't quite come. The departure of Josh Davison, especially, I think, took a lot of the heat from that attack, and it kind of just uh, faded out um, without that sixth and seventh that we crave so much. Terry, I don't really want us to leave this episode without talking about the several other players that did a really, really good job, but weren't involved in the goals or didn't assist or didn't score that, that deserve recognition. I mean, people like Rob Hunt were great, weren't they? It's, it's actually hard to go one to 11 and, and, and say anything negative about anyone in that yeah. team. I mean, Rob Hunt was, was outstanding. I, I, I loved his sort of, um, his um, almost giddiness in the last 20 where he was trying to score. I mean, <laughs> really, really enjoyed that. Um, all of a sudden, he's sort of getting in down the right-hand side a little bit. We saw we saw it up at uh, Carlisle. My only question with Rob Hunt is he does start games very slow. I think he started quite slowly against Carlisle and and again yesterday. But um, in, in terms of, I mean, he's Mr. Consistent at the moment, isn't he? He's in, he's in great form and, and also... Not not the most obvious captain, but but ultimately is doing a great job in that role as well. I think um, I was trying to figure this out. Ben Garner said the oldest starting player was twenty six. Is that Rob Hunt, or is is or am I missing someone? Oh, it's got to be, hasn't it? So I mean, Rob Hunt's probably the the oldest outfield player there at twenty four or twenty five or something. Um, so it is the incredibly young team, and 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 he's doing a fantastic job. The two centre halves. I mean, O'Brien. Has has, uh, has come on leaps and bounds in six or seven weeks. Like if you were if you were the the loan manager at Palace and you're watching his development, you'd be absolutely delighted, wouldn't you? And mm. and, and Cooper, I think we always knew on paper he was going to be a, a pretty solid signing, but th- those two have formed have formed an incredible partnership over the last three games, and and long may it continue. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's as I said, you can go through the whole team. 
the only person who had a bit of an off day was was um, our friend Harold, wasn't it? Wasn't it really? I mean, bit of a frustrating one. Missed a couple of chances. Wasn't really involved in any of the goals apart from I think one assist. Um, and, and obviously got got another rest for half an hour. I wonder whether that ankle was still still troubling him from the weekend. But um, look, th- there was a period earlier on in the season where we needed Harry McCurdy to play well to win. And that sort of 50-50 coin toss football isn't much fun. We now have significantly more sort of um, attacking options and depth so that if McCurdy isn't firing on all cylinders, then there's other players who can who can really step up and, and cause a lot of danger. And, and we saw that last night down that left side, didn't we, emphatically? I think with McCurdy, he um, almost was like one of the better players for the first half an hour of the game. Um, like in the period where the game was not won or like even looking likely to be won, I think he was the one that was kind of asking questions of Walsall's back line and kind of forcing the issue a little bit. You know, at some times too hard. I mean, like trying to overplay it in the right back position when he's sort of come back to help defend and then give it away so Walsall get a shot on the edge of the area. That's not what we wanted to be doing, but it, it happened. It's fine. Um, but then once we kind of, were properly on top it it then seemed like the other players got their foothold and were able to kind of um see us sort of over the line and through so i think it's an interesting one i definitely wouldn't say he had a i mean i know you're not saying he had a bad game i'm saying we're saying like in terms of com- in comparison to everyone else he was he was behind um a lot of performances and he definitely was um but i still think that like there was a part in that performance and, and the way that the game went that was partly down to him as well I, maybe just yeah, a, yeah, an sure. interesting side point in terms of man of the match listeners contributions do forgive me i haven't read any out uh this week um due to the sheer volume and you're all on the same page it was an outstanding performance one of the best in recent times lots of nominees for man of the match josh davison got his fair share louis barry got his fair share ricky agua um a couple for ellis iandolo a couple for o'brien um Reed always gets it, and I think this should be just be called the the Louis Reed Man of the Match because he never gets it because he's just good. <laughs> so I mean, the listeners gave it to Ricky Agua. He got the Man of the Match on the night. It's a three. It's a three way on this one for the decision. I'm going Louis Barry. Terry, what are you going for? Yeah, I'm in staunch agreement. If you actually boil it down to Goal involved. I think you have to in a five 0 win boil it down to goal involvements. He was in, he was involved in every single one of them, and he he was so good. He was so good. He he also was unlucky to to um to see one really well saved by 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 the Walsall keeper as well at the start of the second half. Um, he was just absolutely electric. So yeah, as much as I love the Aguiar narrative. Louis Barry was the best player in the park. Actually, Louis Reed was the best player in the park, but we're not allowed to call him man of the match because he's always man of the match. Um, uh, Louis Barry was the most um, impactful player on the on, on the field, I think. I'm not going to argue uh, because I, I think I probably would have given it to Akiyar myself, but I think it's one of those ones where you basically have two players that are near 10 out of 10s in terms of performance levels and you just have to pick one. Uh, so for me, it, the Aguiar narrative, like what that, couple of goals on that evening will hopefully do for his Swindon Town career uh, I think is is much bigger than anything else that could have really come out of the game other than like in terms of as a club getting those three points uh, but um, yeah I, I definitely don't disagree with, with Barry and uh, there are a number of others that um, 
like definitely would be in with a shout for me as well. I mean, at half time, if you'd have told me that anyone other than Josh Davison was man of the match, I would not have believed you. He was absolutely, absolutely magnificent in that first half. Like even in just stuff that you don't even really notice. I mean, it, it, it feels like a long time that since we've had a player that is that good in the air and can hold the ball up that well. Um, but there we go. Uh, I mean, just so many good performances uh, from, from 1 to 11, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to stick with a consensus and, and go for Louis Barry. Davison wins extraordinary headers, doesn't he? Like, yes. just some of the, some of the times that he, we, we wins the ball. I actually think one of the things that um, both our wide players need to get better at is expecting Davison to win the ball. Because what nothing more frustrating than him flicking on and winning the ball in the air and and no one's run run beyond him. So I think maybe it's just going to take a little bit of time for McCurdy to realise that he's not Tyree Simpson and it's in it and he's he's equally effective in a completely different way. So when the ball is coming up to Davison's head, run beyond him because the chances are there will be a flick on. Like he wins unbelievable, unbelievable um, aerial duels. Amen to that. So, yep, there we go. So the Louis Reed man of the match goes to <laughs> Louis Barry um, for this for this one from the pod. One last thing before we go, we have to acknowledge Ben Garner here. It would be criminal to not praise him uh, for what we've seen over the last few weeks, wouldn't it? Uh, ab- absolutely. I think... Um... Look, I think that there's been an interesting discourse over the last, particularly the last 24 hours, of people who were who weren't Garner out, basically saying, "Weren't you all idiots for saying Garner should go?" And everyone who did say Garner should go now backtracking and saying, "Well, we didn't say he should go. We just said he should have a plan B." It was like, no, it was very clear there was a there was a loud minority of our online fan base who absolutely thought Ben Garner wasn't good enough to manage his club. So I'm absolutely delighted for Ben and I'm really, really hope that it continues. Um, my only question is, we need a plan B because we've got a new plan A. <laughs> <laughs> so is, plan B, is, plan B, is our new plan B the old plan A? Or does he need a new plan B? And if he doesn't have a plan B, I'm Garner out. What about plan <laughs> C? Oh, no. Okay. Plan C is do plan B better. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is absolutely lovely stuff. I think like since we've taken the handbrake off, it has just been really a lot more fun to watch. And I think like there is probably a point that would be able to unite all of the disparate elements of our fan base and the ways that everyone sees football being played and, and, and how it should be played and maybe get us to agree, you know, if, if you're going to win 5-0 and playing like that, I think that's the kind of football that will get everyone excited regardless of how they think football should be played because if you're going to execute that well, it, like, almost doesn't really matter, like, the way that you're going to play because if you're going to just, like, look like you're going to do something every time you go forward, then it's going to get people out of their seats regardless. But definitely having that extra attacking player gives us more of a threat and that's just what we've needed I think at certain points and we just moved the ball a little bit quicker and that's probably where and I know that we've had we've, we've moaned a lot on the podcast this season definitely I've moaned a load on the podcast this season um, about sort of people saying forward and this and that throughout the game obviously not a single whisper of that yesterday night and we are a little bit more direct that's definitely true uh, but I think we're we're playing kind of we're, we're mixing it up a little bit in terms of 
sometimes we play it short sometimes we play uh, sort of a, a medium length pass sometimes it goes a little bit longer uh, but the consistent thing is that we are now making those decisions a lot more quickly and um, I think probably where a lot of people have been critical of Ghana's football and have probably been right is that at times there have been points where we just look a little bit ponderous uh, where we get the ball a team banked in in front of us and we just don't know what to do uh, and it's not been the issue for the last few the last few games hopefully that continues uh, I, I, I honestly I think I, I just don't think you could watch a team playing in that way and not enjoy it and uh, hopefully that's what we're going to be able to watch for the rest of the season so um, interesting with that I think as well like uh, imagine being in that squad like the atmosphere must be absolutely amazing I mean we can only really go off of like the little drips and drabs that we see of like the players commenting on each other's Instagram and uh, and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so not much. It'd be nice to get something behind the scenes to kind of show what it's like. I mean, I know we, we get the, the TikToks from, from the kit men, uh, but like the way that like there were little moments that mean nothing ultimately, like the, these are not the kind of things that carry you to success, but nice moments to look at as a fan where, um, the attendance was announced and you've got the players all applauding and stuff like that. Like maybe they do that all the time and I don't notice when I'm in a bad mood and we're not, we're not winning or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, but it felt good. It felt like a nice thing to happen. And like Ellis Angela goes off and like the whole team are applauding him off. Um, he's walking around the, around the stand and we hear his chant at the County ground. What a lovely moment. Uh, and it happened with the other, uh, other players going off every time we scored, the players are like running past the fans. Like, I mean, I mean, where I'm sat is towards the Stratton Bank in the Don Rogers. And when Barry scored, um, you had him and Tomlinson all applauding the fans there as well, rather than just running behind the goal and that, and that kind of stuff. And those kind of things, I, like I say, they, they probably mean nothing, but it just makes you feel so much lighter and like something's coming together uh, and that is probably why I'm quite as giddy as I have been on the podcast today. Because <laughs> and also, not only was the football good, but it just like everything feels right. Well, I think that's a good place to end it, gentlemen. I really wanted this just to be a celebration of what was an absolutely magnificent performance by Ben Garner's Swindon Town. Um, here's hoping we see more of it for the rest of the season. But until then, gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Good run by him and now match goal. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs> This might just drop to Reed in midfield. He's done well, finds Barry. Davison cuts past one man. Davison plays a good ball into Barry. Can go one on one at the defender. Cuts into the penalty area. Barry knocks him in. And Swindon take the lead with Louis Barry. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy. Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.